As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of One of These Years. New host voice this time, I guess for the first time in a while. I've probably done that before. I am Nick Bumgarner, of course, with Golden Pouncey. Uh, new format this week. Chris Burke will be with us next week as he has not been out to camp yet. But we have, uh, this is Colton's uh, kind of two-man debut here. So, uh, Colton, one week in, more or less. I guess a little bit more than a week, right? Or is this mm-hmm. one week Not a week, Yeah, because yeah. we're on Wednesday today. So, one week in. How are we doing? Holding up? Doing good. Yeah. I, you know, we got past that first day. It was a little rough. Uh, yeah. My alarm went off. Right? Uh, so, you know, after that, you know, smooth sailing. Uh, things have been pretty chill uh, out there at, yeah. you know, 8 a.m. every day for Dan Campbell. Um, practice starts at 8.30. Um, and, you know, we usually get like an hour and a half, two hours of practice. So, I mean, that's way more than I'm, I'm used to getting <laughs> coming from college place. I'm going to tell like you so many times, yeah, in the spring, you're going to be overwhelmed a little bit early. <laughs> like, it is so overwhelming. Much yeah, yeah. But, it, but it, it's cool. I mean, like for, I guess for listeners who don't know what college is like, mm-hmm. we go out there, at least for MSU, that's, you know, I'll, I'll talk from experience, but sure. for MSU, it's usually, you know, during fall camp in August, we might get like once a week, you know, they'll let us come out there for like 15 minutes and I think with D'Antonio, it used to be more like, okay, 10 minutes of that was stretching. Tucker kind of like changed things up a little bit. So we got a little more than just stretching. We got some individual work. Um, we would see a little bit of team stuff, but usually it was like 15, 20 minutes still. Um, and that's once a week. And then you get players after you can talk to whoever and you do that maybe three times in the month of August and then you're done. Yeah. So with Lions, we're out there 830. Practice usually ends around 1030, you know, sometimes a little earlier. Uh, you can get anyone coming off the field. Like right. there's no restrictions on who you can talk to. So right, it's awesome yeah. to see everything. You can see the teamwork. Um, you can see the individual stuff. Like you can go up close if you want. So it's just a different, you know. So yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about that. Like the the coaching, um, mm-hmm. I think, is the one thing that always pops out to me um, when you get out to a practice and you haven't been out there for a while because you can see it, right? Like that. And yeah. that's one thing I was going to ask you, like, I, have you noticed that uh, as someone who had, you know, you know how football practice operates, of course, you just don't, you know, in your previous life, you didn't get to see them every day. <laughs> now that you get to see yeah. one every day, what have you noticed, I guess, about sort of that, uh, you know, because you have fresh eyes coming in. I'm curious what your thoughts are on that on that part of it. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot more hands-on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think, I, I guess talking about college, you have these like 17-year-olds that are coming in that don't know what they're doing. Um so you, you do see some college coaches. I, I remember watching Courtney Hawkins at MSU. He was very much like a teacher. You could tell that, you know, he's yeah. coming from the high school level, came to MSU as a you know wide receivers coach. You can tell that he sort of breaks things down to its T with those younger guys. I, and I see with the NFL, it's kind of more, well, you guys are pros, so we're just going to go out here and do it. Um, you guys are going to get right at it. If you're doing something wrong, we'll let you know. Um, we're going to pump you up if you're doing something right. So it's the relationship's a little bit more personal and, I guess, professional when you mm-hmm. see them out there. Um, another difference I was thinking about the other day, it's like MSU's practices, you know, they're trying to create chaos a lot of the times just so because right, yeah, like, a, right, right. a lot of coaches will say, you know, we want our practices to be challenging and, and more difficult than the games to be. So you prepare for right. games. 
Um, MSU, I remember the coaching staff, like they're just running around, like their heads are on fire and they have these Start air horns. Them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're, right. they're trying to create that chaos where in the NFL, it's like, you can't get away with that because you have all these veterans, like it's wasting time. Yeah. You, you are. And there's so much to do in an NFL practice. And, you know, I think the relationship is a little different. So it's more professional. Um, it's like, Hey, we're out here to work. We have things to do. Like, let's just pick up the pace, do what we got to do and get out of here, you know? So those are some of the, you know, I guess early changes and differences I've seen from college in the NFL, but I mean, it's, it's been really cool just to be out there and, you know, witness everything every single day and um, kind of get to learn the team a lot more. But I would say that it has to be somewhat familiar because you wouldn't know this, I guess, but perspective wise, Campbell's staff is sort of collegial um, in how they handle themselves with players. Like we were standing there that day, um, I think it was before Pats came on and Randall L was uh, throwing balls yeah. to the receivers and we Turn were like I mean, yeah we were like i mean he might be like like their third best player quarterback right now like or whatever <laughs> i don't know or, or jc like, barrett right or JT is up there somewhere but yeah. like you know like that's the kind of stuff i think that um you see that in the nfl of course and you see that a lot in college these days uh, with younger coaches getting more and more of a chance but that's what i think is unique about this staff and it's carried over um and really what I would say to add to, you know, Fulton's points there would be that, you know, and we wrote about it last week, there hasn't been any sort of dip to my site here uh, in the culture, um, in the buy-in. In fact, I think it's only ramped up. Like, you know, Colton, I, I don't think we've seen any instance from any player that, that has talked to the media or really even been on the field at practice in the first week that wasn't like full full-throated excitement there were all you know a lot of energy that's what i've i guess i've yeah. noticed more than more than last year and last year was the energy was mostly the coaches right running all over the place and kind of like you're saying it was a lot more collegial chris and i talked about that last year it felt a lot more like a college practice because you'd see aaron glenn and Arby pleasant running all over the place and they still kind of do they do but, yeah but now you see the guys doing a little bit more, right? So you see the players leading that a little bit more, uh, a lot of energy. Decker talked about that too, I think, the other day, making sure that if they have a bad day, don't let it ruin the vibe. Because I think right now we could agree, right? The vibe is where you want it to be, uh, I think, pretty earlier. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and you see it like everywhere you look. You see Dan Campbell and the defensive staff doing up-downs with the defensive guys. Yeah, true. Um, you know, you see, you see the assistants getting in with their players and hopping in lines and showing them what to do. Like you see the energy out there. And I think that's, it's, it's, it's pretty cohesive right now. And I think that's what you want at this stage in camp. Um, eventually, you know, you're gonna have to kind of settle down and get into a rhythm there, but early on the first week, you could definitely see that energy out there. Um, I'm just impressed with the staff and they seem very personable. Um, a lot of former players on the staff, that's pretty clear in the way that they handle their relationship with their players and the way that those guys talk about them. You know, a guy like Kelvin Shepard, former linebacker, yeah. was teammates with some of these guys on the team. That's right. Um, you see, you see the interacts. Yes. Yep, he's out there yeah. like slapping, you know, uh, yeah. Matt Rodriguez pads when he's making a big play, things like that. Um, so it seems intentional the way that Dan Campbell kind of constructed his coaching mm -hmm. staff. And I think with a young team, that's important because you want those guys to be able to relate to the older guys that have kind of done yeah. this before as former players. And I think that's pretty cool to see out there. Before we get into sort of, uh, we're going to go down the list here, uh, the positions and sort of go through where everybody's at. But before we do that, uh, Hard Knocks is here uh, and has been here in full force. There's like yeah. a lot of people, uh, I think, um, all very nice people, of course, but there's a lot of them all in their blue shirts. They have like light <laughs> blue Hard Knocks shirts. They don't change them, right, Colton? I mean, they wear the same well, ones. Well, they probably I, I changed mean them. to ask them, like, yeah, how many of those question. shirts are they given? Are they do they have like a week's worth of clothes that they just yeah, out, yeah. You know, like of, a, a Ronald McDonald closet, like yes. with all of the same. Like, I hope that's, that's what the I, I hope so because, or at least they're sweat wicking. But they're yeah. out there; they're all over the place. I believe uh, somebody from Lions PR said there was like three trailers full of stuff, uh, just equipment that they brought <laughs> or whatever. Like the amount of stuff that okay. they are filming is is of course intense. And pretty insane. You, I think, are going to have a, a spot here, uh, one way or the other, in hard knocks with the uh, alarm clock. I don't know if you're going to get out of that, buddy. Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably this, not. Is my, <laughs> this is my left now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess, do you have any? Uh, have you had any observations with with hard knocks that stand out, or like any? And I because I really, I think it. I've seen documentary crews before around teams, and I think they do a great job of like 
by the third day, you don't even notice they're there, right? You start to forget that they're like around. They kind of blend in. Okay. I don't know if you thought the same, but like for me, it hasn't, I don't, I don't think it's ever a distraction. It seems like it's, they're so used to this by now that, you know, they're just there. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm just triggered by that per se, but I see them a lot. <laughs> I notice them a lot. lot. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. It's like You're looking times for where, now. That's true. Yeah. That's good point. I mean, like, it's funny because like, we're in the media room. For, for for Campbell when he's doing his interviews in the morning, like yeah. someone asks a question, there's a cameraman in the front row, like immediately shifts the camera over to the reporters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we have yes, when we have players after after practice, like, all true. of a sudden, like I'll look to my left and I'll see the person like right next to me, and just like, where the hell did you come from? Like right. they, just, they do kind of move in silence like that, but yeah, okay, them, that's a good point. That's right, yeah. yeah, they do they move, move in silence. silence. They are <laughs> because that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, Hawkinson, I think, said that, or maybe it was somebody else who was like, you know, okay. he was uh, squatting down, like on the ground, and trying to like say something to somebody. And I looked up, and the camera was like right in my face, like the boom thing. He's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're doing that then. Like that's fine. Uh, yeah. So I guess yeah, minor adjustments, but um, yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. Everybody saw the trailer, I guess. I assume you saw the trailer, right? The Dan Campbell. Like I, my speech? question, yeah. yeah. Now my question is, is like, is that was that just like the first day of something or it, does he go in there every day and have some sort of, some sort of speech like that? That's I would question. guess it's probably every day, right? Like that's my, it seems like it. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, what do you think about the trailer? Clip, yeah. Yeah. That specific clip was probably from the first day, I would guess if they're kind of using that as a teaser, but I would yeah. not be surprised if he's in there every day. Give him I think speech. so. Right? Like let's go yeah. to work. Yeah. Like every day. Like I think the pants day, it was probably like a special thing or something, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, they've been following, I think they've been following Jameson, right? Did you say that? They were following Jameson yesterday? Well, Jameson had his own crew in there, which I thought. His own crew? His <laughs> oh, own wait, crew. his own crew? Not a production crew. Oh, so I, I was told has Jameson has some friends slash, I don't know if they're family members or friends, whatever. Okay. There's one guy wearing like a black hoodie with his name on the back, and that was at practice yesterday. That's amazing. Like, okay. Does he have his own personal camera crew? Like, <laughs> this is completely separate of Paradox, so yeah. I guess he's filming a little rehab video to come okay. back. Uh, well, we'll check that out on YouTube later, I'm sure, then, if, he does, he's, <laughs> if yeah. he's not out there. I did see Campbell got mic'd up, which I assume is every day. Um, and I also think that we're probably going to see stuff on – I haven't seen the shot, but I would guess that we're going to see stuff on some of the um, guys at the back end of the roster that they really like, like some of the – you know what I mean? Like, I know that that's something that appealed to the staff. Like, if they can highlight guys – I don't know who who would be on the top of my head here, like the guy that's had a good camp so far. It's been so early, but as camp goes on, right? Like those yeah. guys that might not make the team, but if they play really well, they could get a chance somewhere else. And I think yeah. those are going to be kind of cool stories too. Yeah, that seems like I haven't watched Hard Knocks in a few seasons, but that seems Thanks. yeah. There's always a few of those guys that right. you know they follow around and see will he make it? Won't you know? Will he not make it? Those types of storylines always seem to be present in Hard Knocks, so I'm sure there'll be a few of those for sure. And the other thing, too, that people will see is, I think, truly for the first time, you know, unless you're a diehard Lions fan or something and you watch every press conference, which maybe people do, you know, I don't know if that's the case. Probably people listen to the show, maybe more of them do than not, right? But, like, I think you're going to see for the first time truly, truly, truly the Campbell, Aaron Glenn, um, Aubrey Pleasant, uh, Deuce, you know, Hank Fraley, I, the staff. You know, we mentioned Randall earlier. I think that's what it's going to highlight more than anything else. I don't know if it's going to – I bet they're going to try not to do that, you know, knowing these guys. I, I would assume that's going to be an attempt. But you've already seen these guys, right? I mean, in the first week here, it's a different – it's a different staff. That They're all players, and they're all – they all – you know, they're coaches. But, you know, what I'm saying, when I, they carry themselves like old players more than they yeah. do like coaches. There's a difference. And I think that that's going to come across in hard knocks big time for people. Perfect example. Uh, I pulled Tracy Walker aside yesterday yeah. and was chatting with him for about 10 minutes. And I was asking him, hey, what's it like, you know, working with Aaron Glenn, Aubrey Pleasant? Right. He's like, oh, AG and AP, those are my guys. He's like, right. AP is like my big brother. He's 10 years old right. to me, but he's my big brother. You know, I love that dude. Mm-hmm. He was like, AG, he's like the cool uncle at the cookout, you know, who just, <laughs> he stands by the grill, you know, he's on grill duty, he's, he's wearing sandals, he's flipping burgers. He's like, that's, that's my sandals, uncle. right, yeah, that's perfect. He's like, that's uncle right there, that's my <laughs> guy. So you can definitely see it with the players, like the way they talk about the staff. They love them. It's different. Yeah, it's not, you don't get that everywhere. So yeah. it's definitely uh, interesting. 
I think that's definitely going to come across. So I think it's going to be good. I think people will be excited to watch that, of course, which that's no surprise to anybody. I'm sure we'll have more uh, on the athletic. We're going to watch all these, right? We're going to we're going to break these down. Uh, have some, I'm doing uh, a weekly recap. <laughs> we're going to have some recaps yeah. for you one way or the other. Uh, I don't know if you can self-critique yourself on there, Colton, but we'll, have some, say, I might have, to... <laughs> we'll have some way of doing that one way or the other. But uh, more importantly, uh, the Lions have been in pads now. Uh, since Monday, it is now uh, Wednesday as we're talking here. Uh, not quite into do- into the uh, dog days yet, but you know, Colton, they've been out there for a week, uh, and I want to start on the offensive line because I think that's the most important thing on the team. Uh, I was out there Monday for the first day of pads. I know they were light today, and they hit you know again Tuesday. But the thing that jumped off the page to me on Monday, right off the shoot, I think it was for everybody, was you know. A it was Penny Sewell and how well he and how good he looked, but B it was the first offensive line um, was doing whatever it wanted, which is exactly what I think you want to see uh, right off the get go. Uh, your thoughts on Sewell number one, uh, and then we'll get into the offensive line more and more here in a second. Yeah, I mean, first things first, Sewell is yeah. insane. Like right. that dude is special. He's different. Whatever <laughs> word you want to use to describe him, he yeah. is that. Um, and seeing him out there, you know, I wasn't really watching offensive line too much the first, you know, few days just because mm-hmm. of the pads. I'm like, I'll wait until we get more of a show right. on Monday. Yep. And boy, did they did not disappoint. Like, it was kind of interesting because, you, you know, the whole offseason, you're like, this line has a chance to be really, really good if they stay healthy, if all those guys are out there. And so there's a lot of talk going into the offseason. You know, as I joined the beat, I was kind of listening to some of that. So to go out there and see it, like, you see a guy like Frank Ragnar out there and you're just like, yeah, he's one of the best centers in the league, if not the best. You see yeah. Penny Sewell out there on a wide receiver screen, getting out right. yeah. and taking out a cornerback, like a moving target cornerback. Like that's yeah. insane. How many linemen in the league can do that? You probably count on one hand. Just him, probably. Yeah. I, yeah. You'd like that, but not fall down. Like that's the thing. Yes. That's the thing I can't stress enough. Like that he did it and he, he still is able to sort of get up and go look for somebody else to hit. Like it's yeah. it's like some of the stuff Sewell does isn't just uh, like special or next level. It's like another level beyond that. Like he separates and does things sometimes that's really kind of weird and crazy that you're like, I can't, that's crazy that they can do that. They tried some of it last year a little bit, and I'm not sure he was totally ready for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, Colton, we talked to him in the spring, uh, and he told us, you know, wait. I think he trimmed down and then replaced. Like I think his weight is probably about the same, but it's – Similar to what Aline McNeil was talking about the other day where, uh, you know, he's eating less bad food and, you know, watching what he eats more. But he, more importantly, he talked about on when we talked to him, whatever it was, that the game, you know, after 16 starts or whatever it was, the game has slowed back down for him. You know, having missed that COVID year, um, yeah. his body changed. Um, it's back to where it was. It, he looks more like he did when he was a sophomore at Oregon. Um and, you know, obviously he's always moving around well anyway, but he's playing, he played with the type of like physical confidence that is sort of like his trademark. And there's really nobody else that plays like that. Just an athlete that runs around and just can like with one hand, just thump, 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 yes. you know what I mean? like a yes. whack-a-mole or something. It's ridiculous. Yes. Like he does this. And, and honestly, yeah. like, I was going to say like the funniest thing about that. Akuda play to me was like when Sewell was asked about the end, he didn't even remember the play. Like no. he's like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, I don't know. I have to go back and watch. I don't know. It's like right. he's just doing stuff like that on command, like it's nothing. Like it's like right. muscle memory for him. So that's yeah. when you know you have a special dude back there. Um, yes. Yeah. He's just and a, it was good to see, you know, for the Lions. It was good to see him start fast, uh, ready to go. You know, and not that he didn't yeah. last year. I thought he had a good start to camp, and he had a good camp, and everything else, and it was what they wanted it to be. But, you know, when we talk about guys that need to take jumps, everybody needs to take a jump. No more than, you know, and he's on that list, too. And I think that those guys came out there that first day, you know, and they cracked a few wide zones that were that looked pretty easy. Um, and, I, you know, I think that we'll see as time goes on, you know, Decker will get days off. Uh, I'm sure Frank will get some days off uh, with the foot. Um, Vitae probably, too. And I'm sure they'll be careful with what they do with those five. Yeah, but that had to feel good. I think you know, right off the shoot, to see those guys because the offense, Colton. That was the other thing. I'll transition into the quarterback here. The offense has been solid. I know you were out there last year. Last year, training camp, it was a disaster. Offense sucked the whole th- whole time. This has been better already than it was at any point. I would say last year, 
Um, you know, Frank, let me ask you this. You. Yeah, what's your and, thoughts and, here? Well, well, I'll go first. Yes. Um, I I think it looks good. Like like you mentioned, uh, for me going out there, I was just trying to see. You hear names like Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark and how how those guys can fit in. I think they're fitting in great so far. I mean, Amon Ross looks like he's ready to take that next step. Now, does that mean he's going to you know beat his numbers from last year, especially down the stretch? Probably won't get like the same target share just because you have more weapons around him. But he is a tireless worker, and I know you mentioned that to me before you even got out there. And yeah, for me to see him the way he trains, he is an absolute pro. He's on the Judge machine catching what was it 201, 202? 202 something he said it was a number yeah. it's a specific very number. specific yeah <laughs> I don't know said. the reason behind the 202 or whatever it no, is, there but. probably is one you know I, is. I, yeah definitely that's after he said he was the best FIFA player in the NFL uh, yes Ocho <laughs> Cinco had something to say about that but he's not in the NFL anymore so so yeah. right he doesn't count of course yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah I mean like that dude I mean for a second year player to have a mindset like that to just come in and work like he is probably right. one of the biggest competitors on the team I think that's yes. cool to see you know DJ you can see him out there and his length um you know his speed what he brings to the table at that at that that size the combination that he has is pretty interesting Josh Reynolds just really smooth kind of veteran who knows how to get open has a good yeah. rapport yeah. with uh Jared Goff we already talked about the offensive line like you know they're going to do what they do DeAndre Swift, seeing him in person, you know, it's it's different. Like he cuts the cuts leak in He looks really good, really good shape. Um, you know, we have to see if he can do it over a full season, if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, we'll we'll see about that. But he looks great right now. I think that's what you want. And Jared Goff, he again, I wasn't around last year, but right, right. based on everything I've heard, he seems more comfortable in this offense. It seems like they're tailoring it more to fit his skill set. Um, you know, his passes have had some zip on it, some velocity. I thought his deep balls look pretty good. Some of those, you know, yes, they have mm-hmm. deep posts that he's throwing. Um, I think it looks pretty solid. And, you know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. Um, you're talking about, you know, training camp. You know, a lot of the stuff is they just put on the full pads on Monday. So we're still kind of processing things as we go. But I think there's potential with this offense. Um, you know, they're pretty much set at every position that they have where you have, okay, we have three receivers you can depend on. Uh, we yeah. have what we think it could be a star running back. We have, one of the best offensive line in football, a quarterback that's more comfortable, and a tight end and, and TJ Hawkinson, who, you know, has always been a good receiving threat. I think the probably the next step for him is, you know, blocking and kind of work on that. But, you know, we've seen what he can do. So if you have all those guys healthy at the same time, it's gonna be really fascinating to see what they can do. Yeah, the ball is getting out of Goff's hands faster. Everything is faster. I think he just has a better grasp on, you know, Decker mentioned it or maybe it was one of the linemen about the checks and everything now was just and that started at the end of last year it got it got improved but they're not you know they're getting really productive work in and that's why when you said i agree with you that they had a chance and that's all we can really say at this point and that's all the lines can really hope for uh, last year at this time i would argue that the work uh, that they were getting in really wasn't productive because a lot of times it was being you know well we got to stop here and restart because we didn't know what we were doing or so and so drops the pass or our ball or lines up wrong or you know golf doesn't know this or that and there was a lot of you could see it a growing pains and frustration and uh nobody's fault really it was just one of those things that happened and it was all training camp it never it was clunky the whole time there were seven on seven drills where you know golf would scramble out of the pocket or something and you're like well that's not really the point of the drill jaron you're supposed to stay in the pocket and throw the right <laughs> so you're like this is not going well that's how that felt last year for the first i would say probably three and a half maybe four weeks uh with some rare exceptions in there this very different this feels like an offense that has all that stuff figured out they're going out there and they're getting productive work and that you know, hey, maybe not maybe not everybody is, you know, better the next day, every day, like you want them to be improving. But I would say that the entire unit seems to be moving along together. So if you're not keeping up, that's on you. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's yeah. more of what I've seen from the offense as opposed to last year. Where it was just like it was helter-skelter. You really couldn't blame anybody because, like, Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perriman had terrible training camps. And we didn't really talk about it much because they were both hurt. And then they got to the season. Everybody's like, why are these guys, what's going on here? And they're like, well, they didn't really do anything. And it kind of mm-hmm. slipped through the cracks because there was so much like haphazard. And this is not that. This is very uniform and efficient. St. Brown said it pretty early too. Like, we know what we're doing. Like, it's not chaos. And that has been 
I haven't seen, I wasn't out there the last two days, but the first four or five, I didn't see many false starts. I didn't see many drop snaps. I didn't see many of that, you know, much of that at all. Not to a point where I can't even really count more than a handful, maybe, I guess. So it's been pretty crisp, which, hey, man, that's pretty good from where they were at a year ago, I would say. The big theme that I've noticed, and you hear this word used by a lot of players, is comfort. Like, we're yeah. comfortable. Um, the level of comfort has increased across the board. Um, you know, whether it's a guy like Tracy Walker, who, you know, last year he was in, it's a contract year for him, a new defense, you know, it didn't seem like he was too thrilled with Patricia when he yes. was here. No, he was not. Um, probably made that clear from what I've seen. Uh, <laughs> so to hear his comment, I, I, I kind of went back and read some comments last year where he was uh-huh. like, I love the staff. I love this defense, you know, um, to see him kind of take another, another step where he's like, last year, even around this time, I'm trying to be a leader, but I'm also trying to learn a new defense. Now I got the defense down. I can bring others along with me. I'm comfortable. You hear a guy like Charles Harris say the same thing. Like, you know, I came in here last year, didn't really know what to expect, but now I'm here, signed a new contract. You know, yep. you see him out there leading the defensive line. Like, they're running up the yep. hill, Mount Patricia. Um, yeah, they're getting right. working. Yeah. Every single day they're out there, not just the hill work, but, you know, they're on the other practice field getting in some extra work. Whatever it is, they're spending at least another 20, 25 minutes out there, it seems. Um, uh, yes, more guys out there than last year, too, after practice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that a lot more. And, and you know, no coach is asking them to do that. They're just nope. doing that on their own, which I yep. think is also important to know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just just being out there and see the way those guys work, it's been um, been pretty interesting for sure. And, you know, we'll see how it translates. You know, it, it still seems like there's some holes on this roster, some things they need to address. But as far as a second year and kind of setting the tone, continuing to build up your culture, all that stuff, it seems like they're on the right track. And um, that's been pretty cool to see so far. Sticking with the offense here quick before you shift over totally to defense, because you mentioned Swift earlier, um, mm-hmm. and obviously there's been a little tweaking with the running backs. Uh, they released or they waived um, Greg Bell. Bell today, right? He got hurt. Yeah. I don't know what it was, a hip or something. He got carted off, or it was, I don't know if he got helped. It was helped off. It wasn't good. did not look good. Yeah. Um, so that's unfortunate for him. Uh, did Justin Jackson is in, right? I, I believe they yeah. brought him in. Um, so I, I like him. Actually, I remember him from college. So again, I think it's still a similar situation. I really like Swift. He looks great. Everything is where it was. I think they gave him the day off today. I don't think they're going to overload him in camp if yeah. they can help it. Although there's going to be days where I think they push him and test him uh, and maybe overload him on some days and then just give him a couple off. Jamal Williams, I think will be exactly what you need him to be when it's time to go. And then my question for you, Colton, is as we go forward too. Is there a third in there? I think that there is. I just don't know which one it's going to be. You know, Reynolds, they like him, and you can see why they like him. Um, Godwin, Jefferson, some of these other guys, I mean, you know, it's an interesting group, and I think that they're going to need a third, I guess, is my my real point here. And what have you, what have you noticed about the guys other than Swift uh, so far? Yeah, it seems like when they're doing team stuff that Reynolds is usually the third guy out there, so I don't know if that's telling. It or... seems like that's been consistent, yeah. Yeah, but I will say one guy standing out to me, and apparently Dan Campbell too, is Jamar Jefferson. Um, yeah, you know, he had a big, big run yesterday where he kind of, I think they were at the, the 30 or something, um, d- getting some teamwork in. And I think he caught like a screen pass, took it down the sideline, you know, juked out a couple defenders, was like breaking tackles. He went all the way for a touchdown. It wasn't one of those, oh, right, I'm going to yeah. keep letting him run just because <laughs> yeah, it was an actual, <laughs> an actual touchdown. And it was everyone, the whole crowd was like, oh, you can definitely hear the yeah. Yeah. from the fans. He goes up to the sideline, like high fives a fan. Um, so okay, he's, he's so, had a couple impressive plays. Like yeah. I think Dan Campbell mentioned him today. And I think he said him and Barnes are two guys that he's seen take a leap, a leap this training camp, uh, him and Derek Barnes, which I thought that was interesting too. Um, Jefferson, man, that's fascinating. He is a guy, I like him a lot. He did this last year in camp, same thing. He, the minute they put pads on, he busted a couple and he ran through contact. Like he is a, he's an aggressive, good, I think outside zone is, you know, heavy runner. And he got hurt last year. It was one of those things he got hurt in camp. And then I think he got into the season. He had a nice, I think he had a nice run in the Pittsburgh game or something like this. And then he gets hurt again. Mm-hmm. And so my fear for him when camp started was he's going to get lost in the shuffle. And then you, you see an injury. So maybe that's not going to happen. But to your point earlier, I think Craig Reynolds actually looks better than he did a year ago. He looks in better shape. He looks more rocked up than I thought maybe he was going to ever be, be able to be, I guess. Like, so credit to Craig Reynolds. 
uh, for, I think, adding weight and changing his body, I that's going to be a little bit of a battle there, I think. Uh, Jefferson and Craig Reynolds, uh, because I think the third back here could get could get some time. I think that you there's room for, you know, the old pair and a spare. There's room for, you know, Swift, Williams, and somebody else to probably do something in this offense. And we haven't yeah. even mentioned Iguodike. Yeah, so that's fascinating there. Sure. I think if you're looking for two guys, you know, for that third spot, it's, right now it's probably, you know, Reynolds and Jefferson. Yeah. And I do have Dan Campbell's quote. He said, I'll tell you this, two guys from last year that I think really made some of the biggest progress to this point is Barnes and Jefferson. Both those guys, just attitude-wise and demeanor, um, just all that stuff. It never had anything to do with the way that it worked. Um, you know, he just continued on talking about that. But he seems, it seems like those two guys are catching his eye. Um, you know, talking about the running back position again, Jefferson has made yeah. some plays yeah. in the passing game, looks athletic out there. Again, I don't know if he'll have enough to kind of beat out Reynolds uh, or I should say Hulu out there. Hulu, <laughs> right, yeah. Hulu. He graduated from Netflix. No more Netflix, yeah, right. Um, which I don't know if is that a is that an upgrade? I don't, I don't know. know. HBO would be maybe my yeah. <laughs> I would go with HBO. <laughs> I'm, that's I'm what surprised he's, they didn't maybe next year. <laughs> next yeah, year. <laughs> he's only year for that. But uh, no, that running back position for third spot I think can be pretty interesting. Yeah. Let's keep an eye on that for sure. Well, that's a good segue then because we'll switch to the linebackers and just go to defense because you mentioned Barnes, um, and I understand I think what he's talking about there in that last year when camp started, you know Barnes missed two weeks, I want to say. It was a lot. It was a lot of time, including a good handful of days in pads, uh, and it just felt like he never, ever caught up. And I think that the injuries he was missing time with were kind of some of those that they were like, man, like, get in shape. We don't need muscle pulls. We don't need you missing days with a groin or whatever. And from that standpoint, I think he hasn't missed any time this offseason. He's been out there for everything. And he has to be because he's in it. He's in a fight. I think we can say that, right? Rodriguez is here. Yeah. They put the pads on. He's made some plays. They're not, you can't hide him anymore. You know, I think as time goes on, we're going to see more and more of Malcolm getting rotations, you know, probably with uh, the first team. The first team, the first week or so had been Anzalone next to Chris Board or Derek Barnes. Yeah. And, you know, those guys have, Held their own in there, but it, it's a, it's definitely a fight. I would say next to Anceloni, and I think Rodriguez is probably going to be in that mix before too long here if he's not already there. So that's an interesting group for sure. What have your what have you seen from those linebackers inside there? That's a big spot, big spot for these guys. And you know, we talked, we mentioned the offensive line looking good. Well, that's because they were running some dudes over, and you know, that's going to be a process I think as they go forward here. Yeah, you know, looking at the linebacker position, I think you can see. Like you mentioned, the first team reps have usually gone to you know, next to Anzalone. It's usually been, you know, some combination of board and he gets thrown in there. Uh, Barnes gets in there. And then Rodriguez has gotten a few here and there. Yeah. And I think that's something Dan Campbell talked about the other day. Like, hey, we want to give him a little taste, a little reward because he's been out there working hard. They yeah. see that. They feel that. Um, they already knew that he was a smart player. But, you know, I think the first day of pads, Campbell kept saying this again today. Like he's he's showing up. Like that's oh, yeah. what we wanted to see. Right he's away. The pads on. He's going to hit somebody. Um, I think it was Godwin that he kind of, I think it was yesterday, it was a little screen pass or something. Uh, Rodriguez sniffs it out right away, like grabs him by the legs and flips him like a wrestler. Like that's, you see all the, you see all that stuff coming into play. Yeah, right. Um, I feel like that. And I also feel, let me say this. I feel like the wrestling thing with Rodriguez is going to be one of those like, oh, yeah. Uh, off to mention things in the oh, future. Yeah. One of those Peyton Reed. Yeah, Peyton Reed. Hey, did you know that uh, Rodriguez was an All-American, whatever, like, all-star? Yeah. Yes, I totally agree. Because he looks like one out there when he plays. He does. But, yeah. And then you see it translating to the field, and it's yes. like, all right, yeah, no, I see it. Um, <laughs> so he's definitely flashing out there. And, he is you know, flashing. That's a good point. He's, he's been mentioned by Campbell, like, specifically, like, three days in a row, which – But it's good, that, it's good that they've noticed Barnes is – here for it. Yes. Right? Barnes was a big talking point today. Yeah. And it's it's good that it's good to hear that from them. Um, because I think I think he's in a he's in a fight. It's a challenge for him. And it's I think that first, you know, preseason game, you're looking for positions to to focus in on, like how is Derek Barnes gonna play? You know, yeah, are you gonna miss reads on, you know, are you gonna miss run fits? Are you gonna miss tackles in the box that you can make? Like, because Malcolm's not missing tackles in the box. Like, I think that's kind of the that's kind of the thing now. It's like there's another young guy here 
that is still going to have a learning curve with, you know, uh, what's my job here? What's my job there? But if it comes down to, like you just said, making a tackle at the point of attack, like he's not missing those. Like, you know, he's going to make those plays almost every time. And if it comes down to like, hey, we just need to get a guy down to the ground, if you're reliable or not. So that's why, yeah, we've had people ask, like, you know, maybe we've been too critical, I've thought, sometimes to be on Barnes. But I don't I, I don't know if it's critical. I just think he's in a he's in a fight and he seems like he knows it. Right. Which is a good thing. Yeah. I think that's that's probably a good thing to uh, to take away from that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, moving forward here to um, defensive line, a lot to talk about uh, with this group. I guess uh, first things first, Colton, uh, easy question. Your impressions of Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Billy Jean included, through one week uh, as a Detroit Lion. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we'll have to wait a little bit longer for that, the Billy Jean yeah. uh, singing to come out. I think I'm sure that'll be a, a very uh, talked about segment on Hard Knocks. But um, right. yeah, I mean, just watching him. You know, you watched him more than I did, you know, discovering Michigan and, you know, seeing him play every week. But he seeing him in person, the way he works, you know, he's another, another one of those dudes that's just different. Like his first step, um, the, all the things he can do, they've moved him inside, let him wreak havoc a little bit in there. Um, and then just watching him get humbled a little bit, you know, against yeah. Penesuo and Ragnar and some of those guys. Like, I think that's good for him because he's getting firsthand experience against one of the best offensive lines in the league. For that firsthand training each and every day that he's out there. And don't get me wrong, like he's won some of those battles too. Like I think that that was right. talked about on the first day where, okay, yeah, Sewell was doing his thing, but I've seen Aiden kind of, you know, get getting home for some sacks even when they weren't in pads. So uh just watching him out there and the way he works and the way the coaching staff talks about him, you can kind of tell like they're trying to hold back their excitement for him. Like they don't want to <laughs> anoint him just yet as the guy because you know as a rookie, there's some things you have to go through. I think the whole Billy Jean thing, you know, seeing that from the team, I think that helped kind of, you know, get the veterans like, okay, this, this Rook did his Rook responsibilities. That's cool. Like we like him now, like Decker was right. kind of talking yeah. about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell the coaching staff's like, you know, they love this dude and each and every day he's out there, even if he's not having a great day, they say he's memory banking everything. Um, he's remembering what he did wrong. So he can not do it again the next time he gets out. Or if he does, it's maybe just one other time and then he's never doing it again. And that's something Campbell talked about. They rave about this dude. Um, and it's not hard to see why. Like he's he's a, an animal out there. And um, you know, he's still a rookie, so he's gonna have his brains. Right. I think that's I, important to know. I think the one of the biggest appeals uh that he has as a player is that he's relentless. And so yes. when he gets knocked over and he gets, you know, whatever, it's not kicked out of her. What have you, which is going to happen to all rookies, especially, you know, edge players like this. Um, and, you know, one of the concerns that some scouts would have on him is maybe it's too much effort with him, but like not enough technique or not enough athleticism or whatever, which I think was always a little bit too much of a criticism, as Eric Glenn said earlier this week. You know, um, his athleticism was one of the things that popped when they put everything on him. He showed up even more than, you know, it already had. Uh, yeah. So with him... The appeal is that he's going to keep coming. He's going to keep coming back. And I think that that was, I noticed on day one with pads, Stuhl did whatever he wanted to do, right? Like that week, yeah. you know, especially the one-on-ones. The second one-on-one, uh, he beat him with the, uh, Sewell got him, swallowed him with the first one. With the, first one. the second one, Aiden threw uh, a pretty good move at him. And Sewell countered, you know, Aiden again, and Aiden kind of like laughed and was like, oh shit, okay, like I'll yeah. figure another one out. And then comes again, and it just that's what he does, right? He just, I don't, he doesn't get frustrated with that sort of thing. 
I think he likes to work. Uh, and that's why I think he fit. He'll, he will fit in. And it'll, it'll be something. It was cool to see. Uh, it had to be cool for him to see those guys, like especially Panay, um, give him props with the singing. I'm sure that I'm sure when he heard that, that was a load off because those guys respect each other because they're going to bang at each other and make each other better. And we wrote about that. I know we did earlier in the week, but like what a great environment this is for Hutchinson to, to be drafted into because the linemen he's working against on either side are you have a young generational type talent possibly in Sewell and then a pro in Decker. I Decker, mean, yeah. it's great, right? And then the interior guys, I think it's a similar thing with Jonah and Ragnow and Vitae. It is a really good learning environment. Will that turn into something for that defensive line that matters this season? I don't know. But they're getting tested, and I think that's good right now. Yeah, absolutely. And just watching, again, just watching the way that he prepares, you can tell, you know, he's staying after practice. He's getting the actual work with the defensive line. He's doing everything right, and that's one of the things they keep saying. Like, he's coming along. He's exactly where he needs to be. We're not going to try to anoint him just yet, right? Yeah. But every, everything that he's done, he's kind of passed with 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 flying colors. Every touch we're giving him, so you can definitely see it out there. Right. Another guy. I mean, inside McNeil, I think is moving is moving well uh, early the way you'd want him to. It, it, he looks like Lee McNeil. I think he's going to have a good year. Levi, he got hurt. I think the other day already. Did he get hurt? Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly what the injury was, but he's, he's sat out the last two days. So that's not good. I'm just no. <laughs> like, that's not good at all. Uh, because again, he has to have a big year. Um, he, he and Barnes are guys that we talk about a lot, uh, in that core of he's a draft pick. He's a guy that has a lot of talent and a lot of ability, and he's got to get himself healthy and get back out there. Like today I know was a light day. Like, if he can get back out there by the end of the week, I don't know what he's dealing with, but, like, that's one where it's like he did a great job this offseason of getting his body back. I thought he looked really good in minicamp. I thought he looked really good when camp started. I thought he looked good the first day in pads. And then I saw, you know, whatever it was yesterday that he gets hurt two days ago. And um, that's not ideal. So I'm not hitting the panic button. Yeah, they might just be taking it slow with him. Right, because he's had back issues in the past. But, you know, I, that's a guy that's like you don't want – like because Josh Pascal is going to miss time, a lot of time, it seems like. You know, yeah. I don't think he's coming back anytime soon, um, like in camp anyway. So, you know, you want all those guys in there to get as much as they can. Charles Harris, you mentioned him earlier, looks like a total, totally different person, but also in a good way trying to challenge himself to kind of keep some of that edge to him, right, like the, that he had last year. I mean, you talked to him a little yeah. bit. No doubt, yeah. Because um, he was apparently he was the guy that was leading the charge on the hill with yeah. All he's the definitely the whole group, yeah. And I asked him, I was like, so what was that about? And he's like, oh, you know, me and Brock, you know, we take it up upon our, ourselves as the veterans on this defensive line to kind of bring others along. You know, we want to be better than we were last year. Mm-hmm. He said for himself, last year was a good start, but you know, he wants to keep going, and you know, he's put in the work to get there. Like, there, no one can question his work ethic. He's been out there every single day. He was out there again yes, today, yes. getting an extra 20, 25 minutes of work. Same like he's, nothing. he's a dog. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So he's look. it looks like he's not satisfied with, you know, the season he had, which was mm-hmm. a career season for him. Um, you know, that's all relative to his first four years in the league where, you know, he didn't really do much with the dolphins, but right. it yeah. seems like he is again, that word comfortable. Um, he's comfortable here. He's found, you know, sort of his voice on this team. I'm not sure if he had that in Miami. Um, the production starting to match that. And, you know, I think for, you know, a young guy like Aiden, he's a good person to look up to. He's a good person to have in his ear, tell him to keep doing yeah. all that stuff because Charles is going to do that. That would be one thing I would, you know, you, it's hard for that group up there. You have Brockers and you have, you know, a guy like Charles Harris who's been around the block too, but like there's not a lot of other guys like that. There are so many young guys yeah. up there. And you'd like to see a little bit more voice you know, I think you'd like to see if you're the Lions, you'd, you'd like to get into the season and have Hutchinson perform well so he can start talking. I think you'd like to see Julian Aquara, you know, do some things on the field so he can find his voice. Romeo will be back in time, and he's a guy that has one. But, like, defensively in general, and we'll talk about secondary in one second, it's the same thing across the board. You're, you're looking for guys, more guys like Charles Harris, I think, more guys that came in here looking for an opportunity they made the most of it. Now, let me find my voice here and really be a leader. Um, Tracy Walker, as we go into the secondary here, is one of those guys. I think the Lions knew he could be one of those guys. 
Um, he has things he has to improve upon, of course. Um, the whole secondary has a ton to prove. No one has really answered any bell yet. Uh, but, Colton, I got to tell you, it's the same as it was a year ago. I'll be damned if those guys don't show up every day and they work their ass off and it doesn't, you couldn't tell that they're, that they're a group that hasn't proven shit yeah. to anybody because of Aubrey, of course, but like they're, they're working. I can't, I, I always have a hard time digging those guys, man, because they work so hard, uh, his group every single time, but it's still, you know, they're close. They're closer on something. Guys are making plays. They're not getting torched, but we've got a long way to go and a lot to see there with the whole secondary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's definitely a work in progress, but like you mentioned, it seems like those guys are, you could tell they want to, yeah. the, the hunger is there. Like, hearing Akuda the first day, kind of talk about his process and coming back, and he wants to be great still. Like, don't forget about me. All that stuff is important. And he's actually, I know you haven't been out there the last two days, but I've noticed that he's kind of, I don't know if this is just a thing, but he's been getting a lot of the first team reps, even more so yeah. than Will Harris. Like, before, it seemed like the first few days, they were kind I'm of splitting. splitting it evenly. Okuda's the first guy out there every single time now. Um, whenever they start team drills, he's always the first one out there. Harris gets mixed in a little bit, but not even as much as he was last week. So I don't know if that's somewhat telling, but maybe they're trying to push him and say, look, you're the third overall pick. Like, go out and show yeah. yourself. You're healthy. Let's see what you can do. Um, but, yeah, the, the entire secondary in general, I mean, the cornerback spot, I mean, we should probably talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, Maney. He is their de facto number one right now. Like he's the one that's really not getting. I mean, Amani, Amani, he's. I mean, he's a one, but like only on this team, right? Like, yeah, right. Like, I mean, I mean, we talked about that. Like, yeah, only on this team, and God, I don't know how many teams he'd be a two on. Uh, you know, and it's like there's so much to prove. Yeah. Um, but they do such a good job of keeping those guys. You just got. You can't kill their confidence. I think that's the thing. Like. You can see when Okuda picks up confidence and starts to feel, he starts to look a little bit more like the guy you remember from college. Like he starts to play yeah. and every, he has to have confidence, has to have confidence. And they will do a great job all camp of instilling that. But, you know, when the lights come on, you go play somebody else and it doesn't go so well. Are you going to be able to pick yourself up and keep going? And Okuda has done a great job of that. I think so far, right? Like if he's made mistakes or had a bad rep, we see him later in practice making a play. Yeah. I think that's happened every day to this point, yeah. which is exactly what you want to see from him. Yeah, I agree. I think that's been good. That's the one thing I noticed after he got kind of demolished by Sewell over there. Like, yeah, he, right. he which really wasn't even really his fault. Yeah. I mean, no, he, it is. Yeah. Wrong, right. wrong place, wrong time for a monster at 335 coming at you downhill like that. Yeah. <laughs> at least he took um, him on. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he bounced back and he had a pretty, pretty good. I thought he defended, you know, an out route to, uh, who is it? Uh, Reynolds, like a sideline pass to Reynolds. I thought he defended that, you know, decently. Um, you know, I think he made some plays later in one-on-ones that I like to see. So, yeah, Kuda's bouncing back. Uh, but the safeties, the teams, if you're looking for veteran leadership back there, it seems like in the secondary it's going to come from those two guys. Yeah, Elliot uh, and Tracy. Yeah. Elliot and, and Tracy Walker, yeah. And you see Elliot out there. He's probably in a similar spot as Tracy was last year. And Tracy mentioned this the other day. Um, where Elliot's trying to be a leader, but he's also trying to learn the defense. So there are going to be some growing pains along exactly. with that. Um, so I saw him and I saw Tracy and, and Elliot kind of working on some stuff to the side after they finished their little set with the first team defense, um, where you see Tracy line up as a wide receiver and run like a quick yeah, slant. Right. Yeah. The Elliot come downhill, and he said they were just talking about footwork and reaction time, things like that. So um, I think it's good to see those two seem to be developing a good relationship. Yes. Those two are probably. They're starting safeties yeah. right now. Like mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's really pushing them. Yeah, and they haven't messed with that, and that's been good to see that they're going to let those guys work together and grow and like build a bond and rapport, which they have to uh, in this defense because it's split safety. They play two out there the whole time, and then also I think lets you put Joseph and uh, Melifonwu together right behind them, which is what yes. they've kind of done. And Kirby's made some plays now since they put the pads on. I mean, he's hit a couple times. Um, you said he had a big one, I think, today or yesterday. I know he had a big one on the first day of pads, and he had a really good mini camp. I I know they like him a lot, and I know they love all the potential with Iffy. If you can get Elliott and Walker to stabilize that spot and just be leaders, which, I mean, it seems like that's possible, man, that would yeah. be big. That would be big because if those two young guys behind them can sort of, like, watch that and kind of grow at their own pace and not be rushed. Yeah, like those guys really cool at all. Them. Yeah, because you need that. You, you've got to – 
they, they it feels like it feels like they're they have to rush some guys, but also you can't. You know what I mean? Like you don't. Guys got to play, and it, it's got it's down. It's going to be down to a point in the season where it's like we only have so many bodies on the team. Yeah. Somebody have to play, but you can't be rushed, and you you know, and I it's a delicate spot. But um, that's one is next week and the week after. I think we'll start to be able to tell more, you know, about where those guys are at when it gets harder, uh, when things kind of get deeper and deeper. And what else are you looking for as we get into uh, the end of week one and heading next week? I think we'll have Chris come on. Uh, he's going to come out for the Saturday practice. You're going to go out to Ford Field. You're going to see the the whole song and dance. That'll be good. Yeah. Campbell will cut a wrestling promo on the mic to the <laughs> whole crowd. And last year he did. And they loved it. And it really? was amazing. Yeah, he paced up and down the sidelines and talked to the whole crowd. I would expect there to be a good chunk because there have been fans uh, every day out there in pretty good attendance. So, yeah, yeah. that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, uh, I think I'll probably be watching maybe the second team offensive line. Like, yes, going because we talked so much about the starters, but they weren't healthy last year. So, right. Yeah. And, the and these guys are they have their days, man. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always look great out there. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, one guy I'd like to see more of is James Mitchell. Uh, we kind of talked yes. about him a little bit, mm-hmm. wrote about him a little bit, but um, it seems like, you know, he's out there, but he's not a full participant in everything. They kind of leave him out of certain drills. They put him in there for some seven on seven stuff. Campbell said they want to get him more involved, like maybe in the next week or so. So I'd right. probably look for him Then maybe yeah. we'll see him more in some team stuff. Um, so I'll probably watch for him a little bit more. And, you know, some of, some of those other rookies too, James Houston's a guy that's been flashing. Yes. Um, yes. Campbell talks about him. It's like, you know, he's kind of raw, but like once he learns things and figures things out on his own pace, you know, look out for him. He's going to walk down the road. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that, that'll wrap for this week. Uh, next week, we'll maybe go a little bit longer. We'll bring Chris in. Uh, we'll have the Ford Field extravaganza to talk about. Several more days in pads. Um, and then, and we'll be on the weekly schedule. I think we wanted to say that too. We'll be on the weekly schedule uh, the rest of the year, I think, right? I think starting now. Uh, throughout the rest of the season so um yeah man hey cold football's back this is pretty good exciting times we're getting sunburnt out there sweating to death all this (laughs) but hey football's back we're excited uh for colton i'm nick and for chris thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week